Enoch, it's gorgeous, mate. Who loves your worship team here? Amazing. So good. Dylan, incredible. Is your wife here? Does she, does he like sing to you like that? Back, back. Well, do you sing to her like that? Every night you should. That was like, if you could come to my house just before I went to sleep and just sung over me, that'd be a, that'd be a wonderful moment. Probably uh, not so much for you, but very much for me. It's awesome. Hey, why don't you lift your hands? The presence of God is here. That adds no sorrow. In fact, removes it. Removes all of it. Every ounce of fear, anxiety. Come Holy Spirit. Let us become more aware of His presence. What an incredible prayer. Let us experience the glory, the full experience of His goodness. Holy Spirit, I thank You that You are here tonight. And You are very, very welcome here. God, we so love You. We're so desperate for You. For Your presence and Your peace. Just let him wash over you right now. So easy to get distracted, so easy to kind of shut off from God. But one moment in his presence, with his peace, can change everything. One moment. Thank you, Lord God. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding, all understanding. It doesn't make sense. How could it be? I shouldn't feel like this. My world is a mess. Things are going on. But there's a peace because God's above it all. He's above it all. He's above everything. Every trial, every tribulation, every fear, every anxiety, every depressive thought, every sin, every struggle, every habit, every addiction, He's above it all. He's above it all, church. His presence is heaven on earth. The kingdom of heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done. That's God's prayer every single day for your life, that you would experience His overwhelming, overcoming power evident in your world every single day, every single minute, every single second. Which is good news for me, because without Him, I'm a mess. I'm a mess. But with God, I can do all things. I can do all things. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. He makes me lie down in green pastures. 
He leads me by still waters. He restores my soul. Thank you, Jesus. Your presence is here. We thank you for your word. I pray that I would just preach what you want me to, Lord. That your word would go into hearts tonight and change minds, change lives. Equip and empower. Fulfill and release. I thank you, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a huge hand. He's so good. Thank you, God. Thank you, team. You're wonderful. I might get you guys up at the end if that's cool. I'll try and wrap this up real quick so we can spend some more time. But uh, it's good. Hey, uh, I know we kind of sometimes announce things, and generally I find, I don't know about you, but does anyone get distracted really, really easily? I don't know about you, but whenever something is announced, my wife is brilliant at this, like she can listen. She's just great. She's very, but I just kind of start to drift. And sometimes things get announced in church and it's kind of like, oh, now the announcements are happening and we can just switch off. But, but so I don't know if you heard this, but this is on your seat. And, and this is great because right here is one of the greatest invitations to get someone to church you've ever had. I was listening to a, a leader uh, from the States. His name's Andy Stanley. He has one of the fastest growing churches in America. And he talks about these things called keystone habits. Habits that we would develop in our lives to help us move forward in God, help us move forward as leaders. And, and he says that with his church, what he tries to develop is a habit of evangelism. Because he realized very quickly that the, if the only people who were feeding back to him about his church were people who come to church then it's a little bias. So he wanted to get people that weren't from church, not only to see them get saved, but also to start to get some honest feedback. So what he did is he released this thing with his staff, and he said, I want you guys to start developing this habit in your life where you just start inviting people to church. And he said that a habit needs three things. It needs a cue, something to start the habit. It needs a habit, something that you do. And then it needs a reward. Now, the reward is simple, someone coming to church. That's a pretty great reward, isn't it? When you've been asking that person and asking that person and asking that person. And the habit and the cue, that's sometimes hard to get going. But so what they realized that if they could start this thing called a cue, which was like an idea that would get someone thinking about asking someone to church. He said, whenever his people hear this thing, I'm in trouble, things aren't going so well, or I'm new here, that was their cue to say you should come to church. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, I have two really good friends, and they're both psychologists, which is awesome for me. Um, and and they, they are constantly talking about the rise of mental health in this, in this nation, that it, is equip, it, it will eclipse every other health disease problem that we have right now very, very shortly. So I don't know about you, but I'm pretty convinced there are a lot of people in this city without peace. So as soon as you hear someone say, things aren't going so well, I don't have peace, I'm worried, ever heard that? I'm anxious, anyone in your office, just have a bunch of these handy and go, you should come to church this weekend. How good would that be? So why don't you take like three or four home tonight at the info desk, and as soon as you're at work and you hear someone say, I'm really worried about my kids, or I'm really worried about my husband, or I'm really worried about my friend, or I'm really worried about me, say, you should come to church this Sunday night. You'll get set free. Pastor Phil's going to be praying over anxiety, breaking things. It's going to be awesome. Would that be cool? 
Amen. Amen. Let's grow the church, hey? Amen. Hey, uh, I want to thank Pastor Nat and Hartz again for having me. They're wonderful. They keep having me back, which says I can't be doing that bad, um, which is awesome. And, uh, but I love Nat and Hartz. They were uh, amazing mentors in my life, role models, and just good friends as well. You have one of the greatest pastors and leaders in the world here. So let's give it up for them. And uh, so good to see so many faces. And uh, Lebanese next weekend? I should have come next weekend. Ah, oh, get some jugna and some zaiton and tum and mm, delicious. Come on. Remember, Chris, I used to work with Chrissy and uh, we had Lebanese managers and they would just feed us all the time. It was delicious. And, uh, but it's good. Hey, uh, I'm meant to be preaching, so let's get into this. But um, Psalms 23 verse 2, who's loving this series right now? It's amazing, isn't it? And so, of course, the first verse is, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. And we're taking it up in verse 2. It says, this is the ISV version. It says, he causes me to lie down in pastures of green grass. He guides me besides quiet waters. He causes me to lie down in pastures of green grass. He guides me besides quiet waters. The title of my message is called Cause and Effect. Cause and Effect. Everything has a cause and an effect. Okay, so every result that we end up has a preceding action that has got us there. I, I'm aware, aware, well aware, sorry, of the power of cause and effect. Um, when I was young and kind of 18, just before I got married, I could eat whatever I want, anything, like, and never put on weight. It was delightful. Like, the, uh, imagine the worst diet in the world times that by like 10, and that was my life. And my mom would just kind of just look at me and go, why don't you put on any weight? And I would just sit there. But then there came this moment when I got married. And I feel like metabolism has kind of got this thing pretty damn pat. It kind of understands that as soon as you find a suitable partner, its job is done. And then it's just like, I'm retiring, peace out, eat good food, green, no sugar, no carbs, exercise a lot, I'm out, see you later. And all of a sudden, I realized the power of cause and effect. That all of a sudden, what I was eating was causing this change to my body. Chrissy knew me when I was 12 kilos heavier than I am right now. And, and it was crazy how I would sit there and where I used to be able to eat a whole tub of ice cream and just think nothing of it, now it was like this, this, this changing. You throw in a few kids into that, a little bit of stress, high pressure work, and all of a sudden, you are experiencing the power of cause and effect. Now, in Christ, there are wonderful effects. In Christ, we have all joy, complete fulfillment, peace, confidence, purity. How great is a clear conviction? Love. But oftentimes, we want the result without the action. See, when I, I needed to lose the weight, I realized quickly again the power of cause and effect. That if I wanted the result of losing the weight, I had to do a few things. I had to exercise. Praise Jesus. I went to a trainer, a personal trainer, three times a week, and he killed me. He used to play for the Manly Sea Eagles, and, uh, and don't hate me, I think he also played for Parramatta Eagles, um, but, but and, and you know, he would just like slog me. They, they had a nickname for me called Pukey. 
I'm pretty convinced, because like every single training session, every training session, it was horrendous. And then, and then he said like, okay, so now you need to change what you eat. I'm like, yep, cool. I'm just going to like ice cream like, like maybe five times a week. He's like, no, nope, no. But I lost 12 kilos. As I started to apply things, things changed. I didn't have to worry about losing weight. I just had to do the things that they told me to do, and the weight would fall off. The way we experience the desired effects of our lives is by submitting to the required steps to get there. The only way of experiencing all that the good shepherd has for you is by following the good shepherd. We want to experience the effect of the good shepherd sometimes without following the good shepherd. So David wrote this psalm understanding that good things in his life didn't just happen. It wasn't just kind of they just fell into his lap. It happened because he had a life submitted to following his father. And because of that, he was able to say, knowing very well as a shepherd boy, knowing very well, he was able to say, the Lord is my shepherd. All I got to do is follow him and I'll have no lack. Now, David knew the importance of sheep learning how to follow a shepherd. Because when we read this psalm, particularly verse 2, when we think of green pastures, this is often the image we get in my, the mind. Can we, have we got that first image there? Okay, so this is what we see. This is like in Ireland, and so we kind of get this picture of rolling green hills, abundance. It's everywhere. Why would I follow the shepherd? The grass is everywhere around me. But let me show you, Israelite shepherd, shepherding experience, this is, that's the pastures. Now in winter, after, uh, sorry, spring after winter rains, it might get a little bit greener, but this is pretty much it. And if the sheep don't follow the shepherd, the result can be disastrous, because it gets really hot, and there's not a lot of food, and there's not a lot of water. See, we sometimes get this thought in our life that somehow everything we need is around us until we find ourselves in a place of lack, in a place of wanting, in a place of thirsting, and all of a sudden realize really, really quickly that there is a cause and effect here at place, and if I don't follow the good shepherd, I ain't going to get to the good grass. But if they followed the good shepherd, he would lead them here. 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 Now, this is a gorge, a valley, and all through the desert of Judea, the wilderness, there are these vast plainlands and mountains of nothing, and then all of a sudden, it goes down to this little gorge with this beautiful, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. It's amazing, isn't it, to think this is what David is thinking about. This is the image he has in his mind as he's writing this about his Lord, this place of abundance. And likewise for us, the result of following the Good Shepherd in our own lives is that we will lead to a place of fulfillment and peace. It looks tranquil, doesn't it? It's nice. So, get into this psalm, and you can leave that up there if you like, because it's a good kind of, oh no, you won't be able to, but throw back to it every time we go from Scripture, if that's cool. Uh, but let's go back to Psalm 23 too. It says, He causes me to lie down. 
Okay, so my first point is a question. What is causing you to live the way you do? What is causing you to live the way you do? Has His love caused you to find pastures of fulfillment? Or is your rebellion causing you to wander in a wilderness? Isaiah 53.6 says that all of us, every single one of us, all of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's paths to follow our own. Ever thought you know best? I have. Yeah, God, I know. I know, but trust me, God, I got this. I, I sometimes have this internal dialogue with God. Do you ever have this? Where you try to convince God that somehow you know better? God, that's a great plan. I really like it. It's a good path. But if I went this way, God, I could get here and then here and then here. And sometimes uh, the Lord is, is very kind. Uh, be be um, encouraged when the Lord disciplines you because it proves you that, that you are His sons. But sometimes God just stands back and goes, okay, let's see how this goes. It's always disastrous. Has anyone experienced that or am I the only one who's tried to walk their own path sometimes and realized, whoops, Maybe I need to listen to the shepherd. All of us have these moments of wandering. The Israelites spent years, years wandering in the wilderness. And the crazy thing was, is that Moses had to constantly drive them around by the law. He would drive them by the law. Don't do this. You can't do that. Stop doing this. And then he would kill 3,000 of them and then keep going. Don't do this. Stop doing that and drive them by the law until he could get them into a place where they would follow into God's promised land. But the crazy thing about Jesus is He does not drive us by the law, He leads us by His grace. See, until you experience the fullness of His grace, until you experience the fullness of His love, until you experience the fullness of His power in your life, you will spend your life rebelling against God, thinking somehow there is a law trying to knock you back in, not realizing all Jesus is doing is saying, come. The amazing thing about these shepherds, and in fact, there may be, oh, I thought that was an image, but it's not. It looks like a, some sort of bird. It's not really a sheep. It doesn't really work. But, but the cool thing about these shepherds, if we go back to that, that image I had, is once they had finished, all the shepherd had to do was start calling out names. And there may be like a bunch of different shepherds and all there, and they would just start going. And all these little sheep, like they're all mixed together. And then all of a sudden, the shepherds stand up and start calling out names, and little sheep would just follow. What a great place to be in. When we can finally realize how good our Father is, how gracious our Father is, how loving our Father is, and stop rebelling and wandering away, and actually start to follow. Because the, good, the sheep knew that the shepherd loved them, he cared for them, he protected them passionately, so they followed him trustfully, completely full of trust, faithfully, completely full of faith. What an amazing experience to be in a place where God can say, come, and you come. Then, he will cause you to lie down. So he says, he causes me to lie down in pastures of green grass. Okay, point number two, you have to be filled up before you can lie down. 
You've got to be filled up before you can lie down. Has anyone ever heard the term food coma? Oh, it is one of the most glorious experiences you'll ever have. I don't recommend you have it regularly, but once a year at Christmas, I experience a food coma. It is a delightful thing. I do most of the cooking at home. Food for me is an experience. Some of you, food is just kind of a thing you do. Uh, I believe food needs to be experienced. That's sometimes my, my weight problem. But, but getting past that, I enjoy food. I enjoy cooking good food. And uh, so I will spend, literally, after church, I'll get home. I'll spend hours in the kitchen just cooking, experiencing, getting it ready. I've got some music going on in the background. It's all Christmassy. It's all happy. And then we just eat. And then I've, I've now graduated, Mick. I've actually, you, you will appreciate this, my friend, because you're a dad. And, and I remember watching my dad as a kid in Christmas time. He would eat, and then he would just go and sleep. And I was just thinking, Dad, it's Christmas. What are you sleeping for? We've got presents to open. I now experience the joy of what my dad does. It's like you would eat, and then I just go to lounge here, and I'm out. And Dad gets to have an afternoon nap. There is something wonderful about being full and sleep. But the opposite is horrible. Now, I love fasting. Um, I have like a love-hate relationship with fasting, um, but I don't know if anyone else can agree with that. But um, I find the first three days of fasting really hard. Then I kind of get into a role and I can just keep going. But the, the thing I hate most is trying to sleep on an empty stomach. You ever done that? Oh, it's horrible. Horrible. It's like you can't sleep, you've got stomach cramps, you're anxious, you're kind of getting really agitated. Um, and, and, and uh, you know, the thought has crossed my mind at times to, like, take a sleeping tablet. But then I don't know the effects of a sleeping tablet with no food. And then also you hear those studies of people doing crazy things with sleeping tablets. And I know, because I'm hungry, I know what I'll do if I have a crazy thing. Tammy will, like, wake up in one in the morning, I'll just be gorging in the fridge, like, totally asleep, not knowing what I'm doing. So it's a horrible thing. But, but you can't sleep properly when you're hungry. In fact, sheep, now I'm not a shepherd, so you'll have to take my word with this, uh, but I did, I did research this and talk to someone who knows people who, who, who farm with sheep. They say they, they only ever lie down when they feel safe, but most importantly, when they're full. Sheep don't lie down, they don't stop grazing until they're full, and then they'll lie down to chew the cud. It's a disgusting process, but basically they vomit back in their mouth and chew over what they've just digested. But here's the thing. <laughs> Only Christ can truly satisfy you. Now, we've all had a Macca's moment. You don't know what a Macca's moment is, but trust me, you've experienced it. It's when you're driving home from work, it's late, you've stayed out too long, and your parents or your wife or your husband or your friend has cooked you a lovely meal, but it's a long drive home, you know, and you're hungry. And you know at home there's food to satisfy but you're driving, and you're hungry, and all of a sudden, like the devil, is just he just knows. And somehow, it wasn't there before, you've never seen it before, there are these golden M, just these arches of glory, in the middle of this kind of track. You've driven there lots of time, you've never noticed it before, but all of a sudden, now, you're like, oh my goodness. And it's like a siren, this temptress just come. No, no, you won't regret it. Trust me. Oh, it's good. And we have a deal. And so you go in, you go, oh, don't worry. I'm just going to get a few chips. It's going to be fine. And they go, oh, I may as well get burgers. It's just a burger. It's not going to do anything. It's going to be fine. And, and I 
well, I don't want to be, you know, I want to be a good steward of my money, so it's probably more value to actually get a meal, right? You know, like, you know, and so, and all of a sudden, you have what I call Macca's regret, where what you have snapped on, you thought would fill you, but has left you empty. I wonder, what is the golden arches of your choice that is distracting you from something that could fill you, that is leaving you empty? What junk food in this world are you snacking on that promises fulfillment but only leaves you empty? Maybe it's comparison. Maybe, maybe you want to be filled with Christ. You want to trust God. You want Him to be the provider of everything in your life, but you can't help looking at the guy next door with a nicer car. And you play the comparison game. If only I had more money. If only my house was like theirs. If only my wife was like his. If only my husband was like hers. If only my kids were like theirs. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's a habit where you want to trust God, but this thing has been so consistent in your life and you're hollow and empty and it seems to be the thing, the only thing that kind of lifts you up. The great news about Jesus is that he realizes we are all dependent on something, friends. All of us have dependencies, every single one of us. So just change the addiction. Make Christ your dependency. Because so many of us have habits in our lives or bad choices in our lives or reoccurring sins in our lives that we are doing because we're dependent on something. There is something missing, there is something hurting, and we try and fill it with this junk. But only Christ can fill. Only He can satisfy. And only His Word in you can bring fullness and joy. Only His Word can fully satisfy. Matthew 4 Verse 4 says, he answered them, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Jesus is saying this in a moment of temptation. It's encouraging to know that Jesus was tempted in every single way we were, yet he did not fall. He can experience, sorry, he can, he can relate to the experience you have. The craziest thoughts that pass your mind. The filthiest things that cross your, your thoughts. He knows that the temptation to reach out and try fulfillment in the world, he knows, because right here, right now, as the devil is tempting him, turn those rocks, turn those nothing, turn that into food, so satisfy your physical needs, satisfy your own desires, and he says, no, because that won't fill me, because man does not live by bread alone, but by every single word that comes out of God's mouth. Amen? If you believe God, why don't you give him a hand? When we're full of the Word, just like sheep, when they're full, they lie down. Mind you, they lie down in green pastures, surrounded by more food, surrounded by more provision, chewing over what they've just digested, getting everything out of that. We too, when we're filled with the Word of God, we can still our wants and needs. We can lie down and we can chew over to mutter, to meditate, the Bible says, on the Word of God. 
until it fills us and fills us and fills us and becomes this perpetual, ever-increasing thing in our world where suddenly we are finding fullness in the Word of God. You see, it is a dangerous thing when you have the Word as a Christian, but you don't apply it. And I'll tell you why it's dangerous, particularly nowadays. I see it all the time in our young adults. It's because we have grown up with second, third generation Christians who are kind of living for God, but aren't fully submitted to God. So what happens is your theology changes, and that's dangerous. You start to think that God can kind of satisfy my needs, but He will never truly understand the need for a relationship, so I need to go and find that thing. I kind of understand applying the Word of God, but the first time that temptation came, the first time that disappointment came, I kind of just thought, maybe it's not really for me. No, you have to dig into this thing, and you have to be consistent with this thing, and you have to say, this is it. No longer anything in the world is going to satisfy me, only His Word will. And as you do that, as you become spoiled for nothing else than this Word, this will satisfy you. My thing's anxiety. My thing's fear. Where I want to trust God, I want to believe but it's hard work sometimes applying the Word of God. You've got to fight because there's constant accusation, constant things coming at you that are, that are counter to its Word, but you have to stand and say, no, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all my needs. And then you say it again, my God shall supply all my needs. And then you're walking down and you look at your bank account and you go, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, maybe I need to get a second job, maybe to do this. No, 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 my God shall supply all my needs. My God shall supply all my needs. Rather than living at this heightened state of anxiety, depleted and unsatisfied, unable to rest, we can get the Word of God in our lives where we can find peace. Let it come in. Let it go deep. Let it satisfy you to fulfillment. Then, then, you do that, the effect will be rest. The effect will Will he cause you to lie down? Amen. Okay. It says he caused me to lie down in green pastures. He guides me besides quiet waters. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up as quick as I can because I'd love us to spend some time in worship. My last point is this keep walking by his ever present peace. See, at one point you lie down, but then he says, Come, and he'll lead you again. Following God is not always lying down. There is an action to following Christ. But it is still in the same uh, attitude. It's still in a place of rest. It's still walking by His Spirit. And I love that He places us, it says He leads me by still waters. He doesn't lead me every now and then to still waters. Once in a blue moon, I finally come back to church and, oh, that was a tough week. Praise Jesus, I'm back at still waters. No, He consistently leads me beside still waters. Isaiah 58, 11, such a beautiful scripture, says, and the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desires in scorched places and make your bones strong and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. It is an ever-present peace, an ever-present presence of the power of the stillness of God's Spirit in your life. The presence of the Holy Spirit is like an ever-flowing river, able to refresh, 
refill and renew you in your weakest state. He always, always brings freedom. 2 Corinthians 3.17, for the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Some of you are locked up, as I said before, bound up by things, and you're saying, where is freedom? Right there. The Spirit of the Lord. Every day, come Holy Spirit. You're welcome here. Fill this place. Fill the atmosphere. You're all I want, God. All I desire is you. Come and fill my life. And there you will find a presence. You'll find a peace. You will find that as the Word of God gets into your mind and begins to transform your thinking, the, the Spirit of God, the presence of God will then get into your heart and begin to transform your fears, transform your attitudes, and you begin to believe that it's possible. And all of a sudden, you begin to see yourself being transformed. If you remain beside His still waters. It will give you the power to keep walking when you feel like, lying down and giving up. Isaiah 40, 31, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Can I say, I love caffeine. Love it. It's fantastic. But I have yet to find a power like the ever-increasing power of the Holy Spirit. I can be completely down in the dumps. And I struggle just like you do, okay? I can be completely filled with fear. And all I have to realize is I just got to shake that off. I got the presence of God near me. And I start to speak in tongues. And I start to edify my own spirit. And I begin to call down the power of God until my mind is shifted. Until my walk is changed. Until I start to walk towards His promises rather than away from them. And finally, he'll remove anxiety. Be anxious for nothing, Philippians 4, 6. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God and the peace of God, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. You know, the presence of God is always there. He's still waters. But just because the waters are still, doesn't mean the banks are smooth. I don't know if, you, if we can get that image out one more time, but you'd notice that the pathway around these rivers were quite rocky, pretty unstable, a little bit shaky. In fact, the beautiful thing about this image and this psalm is that you realize that as the sheep would finish and would continue to walk, they would get to a valley. And in one particular valley, people believed that that was called the valley of the shadow of death. So that the sheep where just where they've been watered now have to keep walking down a valley. And sometimes following God is a little shaky. And sometimes when you're following God, you think things are going to be perfect, but they're not. Do you know that when David was writing this psalm, his son Absalom was trying to usurp the throne? David is now fleeing, not from King Saul, not from the, his enemies. He's fleeing for his life from his own son. And he writes this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Because the river is smooth, but everything around you is shaky. But God has given you a spirit and a peace and a power in the presence of God to overcome it all. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It may not be perfect in your world right now, but I want to tell you, His presence is perfect. It's 
all on cause and effect. And if you will give your life to the cause of following Christ, if you will say, I will absolutely follow God, I'll follow His peace, I'll be fulfilled by His word, the effect will be life, joy and fulfillment. Amen. I'll get the band up and... uh, God is here. His presence is beautiful. I want you to close your eyes and just think of Him for a second. You know, in just a moment, we're going to open up the altar call, and I'm not, we're just going to ask you to come out if you feel like maybe, maybe you're one of those three categories. Maybe, maybe you, you, you follow God, but, but really you're not surrendered in every area of your life. There is, there is wandering going on. And it leads to frustration, it leads to, to fear, it leads to anxiety. And you're saying, God, I've had enough. I want to surrender my life completely to you tonight. It's called consecration, giving God everything. And one of the greatest things is from the moment you come to Christ to the moment He takes you is an everlasting, consistent thing of you giving over your life, giving over your will, saying, God, not my will, your will be done. Or maybe you love God, you trust God, but every now and then you kind of, you want to go and eat something quick. That junk food of the world, that, that junk food of, of, of worry, the junk food of, of, of addictions or habits, but you know that there's this thing in your life that you constantly, you know you should be going to God, but you're going elsewhere to get your fix. Or maybe you feel like I'm a believer, I should be at peace, but there's all this anxiety, all this wrestling. Maybe you need to come back and say, I want to follow you to your peace. I want to start activating the Holy Spirit in my life. I want to start actually applying the Word of God in my life. But before we go there, I want to ask really quickly, and from earlier, I realized that that many of you here come to this church and and you're regulars, but maybe you're here tonight. And you would say that God is not your shepherd. He may have once been, but right now He's not. The beautiful thing is that God calls the sheep by name, and He's calling tonight. So right now, with every eye closed and every head bowed, I just want to ask if there's anyone here tonight, and you know, you know, you're not following the Lord right now. There is a distance between you and God. You have you've walked away in areas, and tonight you are saying, I need to come back to Him. Or maybe you've been coming here for a little while, but you've never actually said, God, I want to follow you all the days of my life. I need you in my life. I want to experience your peace, your joy, your fulfillment. Tonight you can have that. Or maybe you're here tonight, and you're just not assured of your salvation, but you, you kind of question it. You kind of get worried. Every time you see the news happening, you kind of freak out. If I were to die tonight, am I actually going to heaven? You can be assured here tonight. So right here. With every eye closed, I'm going to ask if you're one of those people, you want to come and find Christ for the very first time, or you used to follow God, but you want to come back to Him, or you know you need assurance in your salvation, can I get you to lift your hand as high as you can just so I can see it? I'll acknowledge it, and then we'll pray. Is there anyone here tonight? Don't don't let this moment pass. Don't let any moment pass where you could come back to Christ. Say, I want to follow Him, fulfill all that He has called me to do.
Father God, I thank you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anyone? Amen. Well, what I want us to do is we're going to sing this song, and as soon as we start, we've got like two or three minutes here, but I want you just to come down and just do business with God. Let Him be your shepherd tonight. Say, God, I've been walking my own way. I've been following my own paths. I want to follow yours. If you do that, I promise you, the effect will be outstanding. God is good, amen. Amen, let's sing that right now. Amen. Let us become more aware of your presence.